Chapter thirty three of Miss Marchbanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Miss Marchbanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter thirty three. Dr. Marchbanks was not a man to take very much notice of trivial external changes, and he knew Lucilla and her constitution and being a medical man was not perhaps so liable to parental anxieties as an unprofessional father might have been but even he was a little struck by miss marjoribanks's appearance when he came into the drawing-room he said you are flushed lucilla is anything going to happen with the calmness of a man who knew there was not much the matter but yet he did observe that her colour was not exactly what it always was i am quite well papa thank you said lucilla which to be sure was a fact the doctor had never doubted and then the people began to come in and there was no more to be said but there could be no doubt that lucilla had more colour than usual her pulse was quite steady and her heart going on at its ordinary rate but her admirable circulation was nevertheless so far affected that the ordinary rose tints of her complexion were all deepened it was not so distinctly an improvement as it would have been had she been habitually pale but still the flush was moderate and did miss marjoribanks no harm and then it was a larger party than usual the centums were there who were general travers chaperons and so were the woodburns and of course mrs chiley which made up the number of ladies beyond what was general at dr marjoribanks's table lucilla received all her guests with the sweetest smiles and all her ordinary ease and self-possession but at the same time her mind was not free from some excitement she was on the eve of a crisis which would be the greatest failure or the greatest success of her public life and naturally she anticipated it with a certain emotion but at the same time miss marjoribanks gave proof of her superiority in the absolute control she had over her feelings as for mr cavendish he had sufficient sense to come very early and to get into a dark corner and keep himself out of the way for though he was screwed up to the emergency his self-possession was nothing to that of lucilla on the whole it was perhaps mrs woodburn who suffered the most her heightened colour was more conspicuous than that of miss marjoribanks because as a general rule she was pale she was pale almost white and had dark eyes and dark hair and possessed precisely all the accessories which make a sudden change of complexion remarkable and the effect this evening was so evident that even her husband admired her for a moment and then stopped short to inquire by george had she begun to paint to which question mrs woodburn naturally replied only by an indignant shrug of her white shoulders and an aversion of her head she would not have been sorry perhaps for this night only if he had believed that it was rouge and not emotion of all the people at dr marjoribanks's table she perhaps was the only one really to be pitied even mr cavendish if vanquished would at the most receive only the recompense of his deeds and could go away and begin over again somewhere else or bury himself in the great depths of general society where nobody would be the wiser but as for his sister she could not go away the first result for her would be to give the master to whom she belonged and for whom she had with some affection 
a great deal of not unnatural contempt a cruel and overwhelming power over her and she knew poor soul that he was not at all too generous or delicate to make use of such a power in such a case she would be bound to the rock like a kind of hapless andromeda to be pecked at by all the birds and blown at by all the winds not to speak of the devouring monster from whom no hero could ever deliver her and with all these horrible consequences before her eyes she had to sit still and look on and do nothing to see all the hidden meaning of every look and movement without appearing to see it to maintain ordinary conversation when her ear was strained to the uttermost to hear words of fate on which her whole future depended no wonder her colour was high and she could not go into a corner as mr cavendish did nor keep silent nor withdraw herself from observation neither her pulse nor her heart would have borne the scrutiny to which miss marchbanks's calm organs might have been subjected with perfect security and the chances are if the doctor had by any hazard put his finger on her wrist when he shook hands with her that instead of handing her over to general travers to be taken down to dinner he would have on the contrary sent her off to bed fortunately by this time the season had arrived at that happy moment when people once more begin to dine by artificial light and at the same time it was not absolutely dark in the drawing-room so that lucilla had not as she said thought it necessary to have the candles lighted if there should happen to be a mistake as to who is to take down who it will only be all the more amusing said miss marchbanks so long as you do not go off and leave me this was addressed to the archdeacon to whom lucilla was very particular in her attentions at that moment mrs chiley who was looking on with a great sense of depression could not help wondering why when she knows he is engaged and everything settled the old lady said to herself with natural indignation for her part she did not see what right a man had to introduce himself thus under false pretences into the confiding bosom of society when he was as bad as married or even indeed worse she was ruffled and she did not think it worth while to conceal that she was so for to be sure there are limits to human patience and a visitor who stays six weeks ought at least to have confidence in his entertainers mrs chiley for once in her life could have boxed lucilla's ears for her uncalled-for civility i think it very strange that it is not the general who takes her downstairs she said to mrs centum it is all very well to have a respect for clergymen but after being here so often and the general quite a stranger i am surprised at lucilla said the indiscreet old lady as for mrs centum she felt the neglect but she had too much proper pride to own that her man was not receiving due attention it is not the first time general travers has been here she said reserving the question and so in the uncertain light when nobody was sure who was his neighbour the procession filed downstairs to enter the dining-room all brilliant and shining as it was radiant with light and flowers and crystal and silver and everything that makes a dinner-table pretty to look upon was as mrs centum said quite a contrast a close observer might have remarked as mrs woodburn and lucilla took their places that both of them instead of that flush which had been so noticeable a short time before had become quite pale it was the moment of trial 
poor mr cavendish in his excitement had taken just the place he ought not to have taken immediately under the lamp at the centre of the table during the moment when the unsuspecting archdeacon said grace with his eyes decorously cast down miss marchbanks owned the ordinary weakness of humanity so much as to drop her fan and her handkerchief and even the napkin which was arranged in a symmetrical pyramid on her plate such a sign of human feebleness could but endear her to everybody who was aware of the momentous character of the crisis when these were all happily recovered and everybody seated lucilla kept her eyes fixed upon the archdeacon's face it was as we have said a terrible moment when he raised his head and looked round him naturally mr beverley's eyes went direct to the mark like an arrow he looked and he saw at the centre of the table surrounded by every kind of regard and consideration full in the light of the lamp his favourite adventurer the impostor whom he had denounced the first time he took his place by miss marjbank's side the archdeacon rose to his feet in the excitement of the discovery he put his hand over his eyes as if to clear them he said good god loud out with an accent of horror which paralysed the two people lower down than himself as for miss marjbanks she was not paralysed she who had not lost a single glance of his eyes or movement of his large person lucilla rose to the height of the position she put her hand upon his arm sharply and with a certain energy mr beverley thomas is behind you with the soup said miss marjbanks the archdeacon turned round to see what it was conscious that somebody had spoken to him but as indifferent to his companion and to civility as he was to thomas and the soup what he said hoarsely interrupting his scrutiny for the moment but when he had met miss marchbank's eye the archdeacon sat down lucilla did not liberate him for a moment from that gaze she fixed her eyes upon his eyes and looked at him as people only look when they mean something if you tell me what surprised you so much perhaps i can explain said miss marchbanks she spoke so that nobody could hear but himself and in the meantime general travers at her left hand was making himself excessively agreeable to mrs woodburn and no doubt occupying all her attention and lucilla never turned her eyes for a moment from the archdeacon's face i beg your pardon said mr beverley i was confounded by what i saw good heavens it is not possible i can deceive myself i understand your alarm i am not going to make a disturbance and break up your party i can wait the archdeacon said drawing a rapid forcible breath miss marchbanks do you know who that man is oh yes said lucilla softening into a smile perfectly i assure you he is one of papa's guests and very much respected in carlingford and he is one of my very particular friends miss marchbanks added she laughed as she spoke a kind of laugh which is only appropriate to one subject and which is as good any day as a confession and the blush was so obliging as to return at that moment to her ingenious countenance we have known each other a long time lucilla went on after that pretty pause and then she raised her confiding eyes which had been cast down once more to the archdeacon's face you can think how nice he is mr beverley said miss marchbanks she clasped her hands together just for a moment as she did so with an eloquent meaning which it was impossible to mistake the archdeacon for his part gazed at her like a man in a dream 
whether it was true or whether he was being made a fool of more completely than ever man before was or whether he was the victim of an optical or some other kind of delusion the poor man could not tell he was utterly stricken dumb and did not know what to say he accepted the soup humbly which thomas set before him though it was a white soup an effeminate dish which went utterly in the face of his principles and then he looked at the innocent young creature at his side in that flutter of happy confusion it was a terrible position for the broad churchman after such a tacit confession he could not spring from his seat and hurl the impostor out of the room as in the first place he had a mind to do on the contrary it was with a voice trembling with emotion that he spoke my dear miss marchbanks said the archdeacon i am struck dumb by what you tell me good heavens that it should have come to this and yet i should be neglecting my duty if i kept silent you do not you cannot know who he is oh yes said lucilla with another little laugh everything and how he used to know mrs mortimer and all about it he has no secrets from me said miss marchbanks she caught mr cavendish's eye at the moment who was casting a stealthy glance in her direction and who looked cowed and silenced and unquiet to the most miserable degree and she gave him a little reassuring nod which the archdeacon watched with an inward groan what was he to do he could not publicly expose the man who had just received that mark of confidence from his young hostess who knew everything perhaps it was one of the greatest trials of christian patience and fortitude which the archdeacon who was not great as he himself would have said in the passive virtues had undergone in all the course of his life he was so utterly subdued and confounded that he ate his soup and never found out what kind of soup it was that is he consumed it in large spoonfuls without being aware by way of occupying his energies and filling up the time you cannot mean it he said after a pause you must be imperfectly informed at least let me talk to your father you must hear all the rights of the story if you will let me speak half a dozen words to-to that person miss marchbanks i am sure he will leave the place he will give up any claim oh yes please talk to him said miss marchbanks it will be so nice to see you friends nothing would make me so happy you know i have heard all about it from you and from mrs mortimer already so i am sure there cannot be much more to tell and as for papa he is very fond of mr cavendish said lucilla with an imperceptible elevation of her voice is it he whom you call mr cavendish said the archdeacon he too had raised his voice without knowing it and several people looked up who were not at the moment engaged in active conversation of their own the owner of that name for his part also turned his face towards the upper end of the table he was sick of the suspense and continued endurance and by this time was ready to rush upon his fate did any one call me he said and there was a little pause and the company in general fixed its regard upon those three people with a sense that something remarkable was going on among them though it could not tell what or why the archdeacon wants to make your acquaintance said miss marchbanks mr cavendish mr beverley there you know each other and when we are gone you can talk to each other if you like lucilla added but in the meantime you are too far off and i want the archdeacon he is so much liked in carlingford she continued lowering her voice 
you can't think how glad we are to have him back again i'm sure if you only knew him better said miss marchbanks as for the archdeacon words could not give any idea of the state of his mind he ate his dinner sternly after that and did not look at anything but his plate he consumed the most exquisite plats the tenderest wings of chicken and morsels of pate as if they had been his personal enemies for to tell the truth he felt the tables altogether turned upon him and was confounded and did not know what it could mean it was the general who took up mr beverley's abandoned place in the conversation the gallant soldier talked for two with the best will in the world he talked of cavendish and all the pleasant hours they had spent together and what a good fellow he was and how much the men in the club would be amused to hear of his domesticity it was a kind of talk very natural to a man who found himself placed at a table between his friend's sister and as he supposed his friend's future bride and naturally the archdeacon got all the benefit as for lucilla she received it with the most perfect grace in the world and saw all the delicate points of the general's wit and appreciated him so thoroughly that he felt half inclined to envy cavendish by jove he is the luckiest fellow i know general travers said and probably it was the charms of his intelligent and animated conversation that kept the ladies so long at table mrs chiley for her part did not know what to make of it she said afterwards that she kept looking at lucilla until she was really quite ashamed and though she was at the other end of the table she could see that the poor dear did not enjoy her dinner it happened too that when they did move at last the drawing-room was fuller than usual everybody had come that evening sir john and some others of the county people who only came now and then and without exception everybody in carlingford and lucilla certainly was not herself for the first half-hour she kept close to the door and regarded the staircase with an anxious countenance when she was herself at the helm of affairs there was a certain security that everything would go on tolerably but nobody could tell what a set of men left to themselves might or might not do perhaps after all this was the most dreadful moment of the evening mrs mortimer was in the drawing-room hidden away under the curtains of a window knowing nobody speaking to nobody and in a state of mind to commit suicide with pleasure but Miss Marchbanks, though she had cajoled her into that martyrdom, took no notice of Mrs. Mortimer. She was civil, it is true, to her other guests, but there could not be a doubt that Lucilla was horribly preoccupied, and in a state of mind quite unusual to her. "'I am sure she is not well,' Mrs. Chiley said, who was watching her from afar. "'I saw that she did not eat any dinner.' and the kind old lady got up slowly and extricated herself from the crowd and put herself in motion as best she could to go to her young friend's aid it was at this moment that lucilla turned round radiant upon the observant assembly the change occurred in less than a moment so suddenly that nobody saw the actual point of revolution miss marjoribanks turned round upon the company and took mr cavendish's arm who had just come upstairs there is a very very old friend of yours in the corner who wants to see you said lucilla and she led him across the room as a conqueror might have led a captive she took him through the crowd to whom she dispensed on every side her most gracious glances i am coming directly miss marjoribanks said for naturally she was called on all sides 
one most people remarked at this moment was that the archdeacon who had also come in with the other gentlemen was standing very sullen and lowering at the door watching that triumphal progress and it certainly was not lucilla's fault if mrs chiley and lady richmond and a few other ladies were thus led to form a false idea of the state of affairs i suppose it is all right between them at last lady richmond said not thinking that barbara lake was standing by and heard her according to appearances it was all perfectly right between them miss marjoribanks triumphant led mr cavendish all the length of the room to the corner where the widow sat among the curtains and the archdeacon looked on with a visible passion and jealous rage which were highly improper in a clergyman but yet which were exciting to see and this was how the little drama was to conclude according to lady richmond and mrs chiley who on the whole were satisfied with the conclusion but naturally there were other people to be consulted there was mr beverley whom miss marjoribanks held in leash but who was not yet subdued there was dr marjoribanks who began to feel a little curiosity about his daughter's movements and did not make them out and there was barbara lake who had begun to blaze like a tempest with her crimson cheeks and black bold eyes but by this time lucilla was herself again and felt the reins in her hands when she had deposited mr cavendish in safety she faced round upon the malcontents and upon the observers and on the world in general now that her mind was at rest and everything under her own inspection she felt herself ready and able for all End of chapter 33 Recording by Maricel Quee